Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just relax and just remember that where you are is exactly where God wants you to be. For his purposes. We have our ideas about where we should be and what we should be doing and what serves God's purpose and what his character is like. And we have developed those beliefs based on a number of factors that some of which we have control over and some of them we don't. But for the most part, they are not reflective of reality, of truth. And so we just hold them lightly. We don't need to be, you know, violent with getting rid of our beliefs, but we understand that over time our beliefs are going to change. Odds are, if you think back over your own life, you'll see Things see changes in your perception of who God is, who you are, how he does things, how other people relate to God, and and even some plain old doctrines that you might have learned new things or given released some of those doctrines. And when we when we think about you know, one of the the main principles of Christianity in Western civilization is attending some kind of a an organized religious service. Well, why do we do that? You know, why do we listen to somebody who gets up in front and, and talks, teaches, preaches? It's because we have, to some degree or another, recognized that we as individuals don't have all the answers. That there may be areas where we can learn something, where we can grow, even if it's an area where we simply need encouragement from an outside source or feedback or correction. But the basic principle is that, that we've accepted is that we don't know everything. We don't have the, yet, we don't have the mind of Christ. We don't have full understanding of God's nature. Now, in your spirit, you do. You do have the mind of Christ. You do know everything. You do have all power and authority in your spirit. But the chasm between your spirit, who you truly are, and your soul is like the Grand Canyon. We can't broach it on our own. Only God can restore our soul to our spirit. And that's what we're here for. You know, and that might be something you're, you're wrestling with. What am I here for? You know, things might be going really good for you. Things might be going really bad for you. 
Some, you know, might be in between. But one of the questions we often ask, especially like around holiday times, is what are we doing? What's, you know, what's the meaning of life? And when we can start with the idea that you are here on this earth for God to restore your soul to your spirit, that there's something so valuable to him about that process. Something is created in you that he may not be able to do any other way than put you through this life events, this life here on this earth that creates in you something that he treasures, that he values. And the, the outworking of it is the restoring of your soul the healing of the wounds in your soul, the revealing of truth in your soul, the tearing down of the strongholds in your soul, of the doctrines, of the generational wounds, the scars, you know, all variety of different, you know, uh, misunderstandings, the barriers that are in your soul that are keeping your soul from being restored to your spirit. Those, again, are all God's responsibility that he is enjoying. God relishes the opportunity to restore your soul. He gets a kick out of it. He's enjoying the process. Now, one thing we can say is, well, of course he is because he is in control of everything. He's in charge. He, he doesn't have to wait. He doesn't have to put up with anything. Well, he does wait, though. He can't do everything he wants at one time. We can think in, in terms of, okay, what if God was just fully God in your life right now? What would that change in your life? Would we even recognize his presence as God? Or would we misinterpret? Because his ways are not our ways. We are so ignorant and inexperienced with who, the way God truly moves, the way God truly is. When we think about his power and authority, we think even in terms of, you know, what we experience here on this earth. Who has power? Who has authority? You know, people in government, people in the military, people who have, you know, the most guns uh, or the most money or the most control. But God's power and authority is of a different nature. And, you know, even when we say God is love, God's true nature is love, and he expresses that, that love through giving. That's, that's how it's expressed, and that's true of us now. If, if we've been respirited, then we too have that same nature, that our, our spirit nature is love, and we sh- express that through sharing that, giving that, giving what we have received giving unconditionally what we have received unconditionally. And yet we have such a 
filtered view of what that means. So often we think, okay, well, that means give away everything we have. Give it all to the poor and, you know, go minister in, in Africa or something. We we have an idea about what that means. And that idea filters and distorts the truth that is already in your spirit. Now, God has a timetable. God has an order for your life. Things that may be important to you that he fix, you know, correct, um, make, make better, make easier for us, they may not be what's most important to him. You know, we all know that game, Jenga, where you pick out the one piece that if you can pull out that piece, that will not, you know, the, the, the tower will remain standing. Well, God's kind of doing the opposite. He's looking for the pieces that to, to address, to heal, to correct, that will give us the greatest healing, the greatest freedom. So very often we'll be struggling with something in our lives. We'll be looking at, okay, why does this keep happening? Why can't I, why can't I get along with this person? Why can't I keep a job? Why am I always so angry? You know, fill in the blank. And we want to fix that. We want God to heal that, to fix that problem. When he is leaving that problem on the table because that problem is making deeper issues available to him. And God is not a superficial God. He does want to get to the roots of the problem. He wants his idea of restoration is wholeness, not betterness, not good, but wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. A full restoration of who you are, reunited, spirit, soul, and body. Now, again, we've talked many times, we have no idea what that looks like. And I think that's, there's a reason for that, because, you know, if we knew, okay, this is what it would look like, we would try to do it on our own. And, and we so often do. Okay, you know, the whole idea of what would Jesus do? Okay, well, you know what? In most cases, we don't know. Because we don't know what his will is for that particular time. What his desire is for that particular time. Because, again, we think that God only wants a certain outcome in every situation. You know, we, we often think that God's goal for for this earth is peace. That everybody, nirvana, you know, heaven on earth. That everybody get along, everybody agree that there's no discontent, there's no death, there's no evil. And yet when we look at when on this earth that happened, it was in the garden. And it wasn't good enough. It wasn't accomplishing what God wanted. He has a purpose beyond the circumstances, 
beyond our environment. So when we look at our circumstances, regardless of whether they're personal or in your neighborhood, your community, your your country, we so often draw conclusions about the nature of God based on what's going on in the outside circumstances. You know, we could look back at, you know, in the United States, the Civil War, the North against the South. Both sides were praying to God to give them the victory. Both sides were certain God was on their side. Both sides. And yet, you know, what's God supposed to do? Well, he has his own purpose and his own plan. And it's for the individual. God is so interested in each one of us as an individual. And his purpose and plan is for the restoration of of us as individuals. Going back to the Civil War, God could have prevented that completely. God could have prevented, you know, the Holocaust. God could have prevented, you know, the asteroids destroying the, the dinosaurs. He could have prevented any everything. But he didn't. Because he's the God of the right hand and the left. He's not the God of good. He's the God of good and evil. He does both. He's the God of, of the flood and the drought. The peace and the war. He's the God of everything. And this is one of our, our areas where if we if we're not open, not not necessarily even embracing it yet, because this is some these are some hard things. But if we are able to be open to God to convince us of His purpose, of His ways, of His truth, of His life, these are the ways that He can then restore our soul. Now these. These changes can have wide-ranging implications because they can change the world. When when we think about other fields, other areas, like the whole concept, let's think about the whole concept of the, the world not being flat, the world being round. That was a religious argument. It was in the church that... There was such controversy, and yet, and both sides felt, believed truly to their heart that God was on their side, that they were on God's side. Yes, you know, that the, absolutely the earth is flat. No, absolutely the earth is round. You know, again, the earth, you know, the universe revolves around the earth. No, the earth revolves around the sun, and the other planets revolve around the sun. But everybody thought God was on their side. And how betcha, you know, when we think about all the denominations, you know, even even in the United States, there's a couple hundred. They all believe. Whatever differences they have with one another, they all believe that God is on their side. That somebody else is doing it wrong, they're doing it right. 
and they're on God's side and God is on their side. Every nation believes, okay, we there's something special about our nation. And in a sense, that's true. And in a sense, God is on everybody's side. But what does that mean? And when we are when we are able to allow God to change our mind. Because where's the mind? The mind is in the soul. God is going to change our mind through the restoration of our soul. He's changing our emotions. He's changing our behavior, our actions. He's conforming us to spirit. Again, we can always always look back to the example of the first Adam and the second, the last Adam. Adam that was created by God, the first son of God, and Jesus, the not just the Savior of the world, but the Son of God. And both had what an effect both had on every being on this earth. You know, Jesus was here on this earth only 33 years. He turned the world upside down. And yet when, you know, Paul of Tarsus, or Saul of Tarsus, and then Paul, the apostle, he just did a complete 180. Why? Because God revealed himself to him. He didn't change his mind. He had his mind changed. And that's where we, do, we benefit ourselves. We, we make it easier on ourselves to accept that we don't have all the answers, that we're all in the process of understanding and learning, and that some of the, the, you know, the, the things that we are going to hold the tightest, you know, if you let it go, and God restores it to you. You know, he is the living truth. He is the ultimate reality. Even to say that this is true about God, without experiencing him, we don't have the capacity, the capability. You know, when we say God is good and God is love, we don't have the, you know, we're still using our mind. We're still using our soul And we're still clouded, we're still filtering, we're still interpreting his nature, who he truly is. And what's what's hopefully encouraging and inviting is that God wants us to experience him as he is. He wants us restored so we can be with him fully, spirit, soul, and body. And if that's his goal, that we would all be one, nothing's going to stand in his way. Not time, not our beliefs, not our misunderstanding, not our sin. I mean, that was the whole point of of the, you know, sending his son to restore us, to pay for all that sin, 
And God is not a halfway kind of God where he only pays for part of, part of the people's sin. He paid for all of it. He stamped it, paid in full. It was done. Uh, he, only do, he doesn't do things halfway. And he doesn't do things halfway with us. Another example is the whole concept of time. When we say eternal life, that's not just more life. When you and I think in terms of, okay, what is life? We think in terms of our heart is beating and we're here on this earth and we're functioning and we're able to breathe and, and we're carrying about on about our lives. But that's not God's view of life, of eternal life. It's not just more. It's not just having... You know, instead of um, 80, 90, 100 years here on this earth, it's not having a 1,000 years in heaven or a million years in heaven. It's not about more or less. It's a totally different characteristic. In fact, words cannot express. We cannot comprehend. We cannot express because we have not experienced. And even if we have experienced, it's really hard to find words. You know, we've talked about the example of ice cream. How do you describe ice cream to somebody who's never had ice cream or peanut butter? You know, how do you, how do you describe that to some? How do you describe taste or color? You know, how do you describe color to somebody who's blind? We can use all the words, but until they experience it, it's not real. So until we truly experience eternal life, it's not real. Now, eternal life is a characteristic, a quality of God. The more that process is going on in our lives, where he is restoring our soul, the more we do get small tastes of experiencing eternal life. When we experience a healing or understanding or acceptance, or when God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I always think, you know, people say, oh, that's all I want to hear. When I die, I want to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I just always want to say, well, if he doesn't say that, it's a little late, isn't it? I want to hear that now. I want to know how I'm doing. I want to know if I'm holding something back that I don't need to be. I don't want to make life harder for myself. I want to make it easier for God to do his work. And, you know, like I'm kind of assuming 99.99% of all people who have been respirited have beliefs that don't line up with the true nature of God, that have a filtered view of God, of us, of ourselves, and of one another. You know, go, but going back to if you don't believe what I believe, you're not a Christian. You know, and if you don't believe what I believe, you're, you know, you're demon-possessed, the devil. And... 
when we have these beliefs, it does, it's something that God has to, has to work through. Now, again, he, it's not a surprise to him. It's not, um, there's always been, you know, even before Christ returned, even before, you know, the, uh, the Bible's, you know, uh, New Te- Old, Old Testament, before he started to reveal himself in the very beginning. There's always been misunderstanding. When you think about Adam and Eve being, you know, out on their own for the first time without their spirit, and one of their sons killed the other. That's how long it took to, for their souls to misjudge, to, to get their needs met without God in a way where it caused death. And it's not, we all have a tendency, we want to blame the devil. We want to blame, you know, the doctrine. We want to blame something. And God says, no, it's all me. You know, we're living in a, in a time, you know, there's always, always war on this earth. There's never been a time on earth where there hasn't been a war of some kind going on, a war, a conflict, a a conflagration, a disagreement where people are dying, where they're, they're fighting, there's violence, they're losing their lives, they're losing their property. There hasn't been a time on this earth that that hasn't been happening. But what we have a tendency to, to do is, is assume that, you know, this is one of the, the, the theological perspectives, is that God wound up the clock of time on this earth, and then he's just stepped back to see what we do with the mess that, that, we've, been, that we've inherited. And then the alarm's going to go off, and he's going to be done with his little experiment, and then... You know, what, depending on what you believe, some people are going to be raptured to the heaven and other people are going to go to hell and, and whatever or whatever version you, your particular belief system supports. The problem is, is that, again, it negates the nature of God. It, it frees us to not have a relationship with God. It it keeps us from having to depend on him. Because we go, okay, well, I this is this is my life. I'm going to make what I can out of it and what's going to happen is going to happen. When God is a personal God. This is, you know, we talk about the different religions on this planet. Our you know, every religion has meetings. Every religion has a book. Every religion has beliefs. Every religion has discussions about how the earth was created, you know, the, the goodness or the badness of man, you know, what's going to happen when you die. All religions have address these things. But the difference between our religion and their religions is that our God is alive. 
we can interact and, and, and breathe and hear and be changed by the living God. And we've been working towards encountering the supernatural realm. I always try to get back into at least some of what my notes wanted me to get to. But the supernatural realm is the, the halfway mark, let's say the midway between the natural realm and the spiritual realm, that he draws us to change our viewpoints about what we think is true about the supernatural realm to prepare us to accept the truth about the spirit realm. So we're going to talk more and more about what we think is going on in the solical realm, the supernatural realm. Not because we have all the answers or any answers, but because we want to find out the answers. And the best way to be open to hear the truth is to acknowledge that we don't know. Now, odds are there are some things that you know that God has revealed to you that are true and truth. And he will reinforce those things. And those are most likely going to be based in some degree on your own experience with him. But odds are, just as well, that you may have misinterpreted what those experiences mean and how many layers they are and how meaningful they are and how much you were changed by them. So there's, in God, one of the fun things we find out is there's always more. He's limited, he's limitless, and he's eternally creative. So... Take some time this week, again, and the last homework from last week was to just, is there any question or thing you need to clear up with God? This is just simply because this is a good opportunity. You know, as you're going into, you know, if you're going into a holiday, be asking, okay, why does this bother me so much? And use every opportunity to let the Lord bring you healing or revelation, or understanding, or freedom, or just release, or just be able to share his love. And we're just going to move forward slowly as we learn how to encounter and truly experience the supernatural realm. So as always, you can drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.